Welcome to F3 American Yammer, the podcast where men from across the F3 nation get real, get vulnerable, and share their stories as they've grown from sad clowns to high-impact men. I'm your host, Short Circuit, and each week I'm joined by another member of F3 who is willing to step out, be vulnerable, and share his story with the F3 nation. So, without further ado, here's today's show. guys, welcome to another episode of F3 American Yammer. I am your host, the shortest of all possible circuits on the nation's fourth best podcast out of four. And today on episode 38, I am happy to have, I am happy, not happened, I'm happy to have Rollbar all the way from Omaha. So welcome Rollbar. How you doing, Short Circuit? I am doing all right tonight. What's the, what's Dred's thing? How you feel? Yeah, how you feeling? <laughs> you look good. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> Staring at this computer monitor right now. Exactly. Excellent. Awesome. Well, big shout out real quick to F3 Posse, Brian Stevenson. I believe that I believe that's his name. I'm I'm completely going off of memory here, but uh Posse, I know that. Um T claps to Posse for for putting this together. I know he was the one who saw your Twitter post about the the big weight loss that you had uh had gone through and had made mention of, hey, American Amber, you gotta get this guy on. So T claps to him. Yeah. All right, let's jump in here. Name Arama, name age F3 name. Jared Hensley, 41, Roll Bar. Roll Bar. Now, how long have you been in Omaha Packs? Uh, I was I'm a Redwood here in Omaha, so our our launch date was April 21st of 2018. Okay, gotcha. So, you've been a little over a year now? Year and a half? Mhm. Yep. Gotcha. So, you've seen it then grow. Yeah, it has been uh, an amazing explosion here uh the momentum that we're having even right now has been really really impressive that's awesome that's awesome and now so you got that started as well with wait time is that right yeah wait time is our nantan here and he came from greensboro Mm -hmm. originally um brought wait uh f3 here matter of fact uh he tells the story that uh, when he moved here to Omaha, first thing he did after he got here was plant a shovel flag and take a picture of it and tweet it out on his newly minted F3 Omaha Twitter uh, account, to which he kind of got some some feedback from the nation <laughs> saying, <laughs> hey, slay your roll. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, he kind of got his roots set and everything like that. I think he was here for about a year and a half uh, before he actually launched F3 here in town. Gotcha. Okay. And when he did launch? You were there, had the, had, sure had the Redwood tenure now, so um, that's that's great, and definitely you'll be able to to speak then to, you know, how F three not only has has impacted your life, but then also too how it's how it's impacted that entire region there in Omaha. For sure. Now, what does posting typically look like for you? Are you like a, a three a week guy, a five a week guy? How often do you post, and 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 where specifically do you post? Well, um, I've been going pretty heavy at it right now. Uh, so lately I've been six days a week. I've been hitting every, every day that we've got an available workout. Um, so Mondays we do a Murph. Uh, I do typically post at the Red Wing, which is just a, an elementary school near my house. Um, so we'll knock out a Murph on Monday morning. Tuesday is Wild Kingdom, which is a lake, again, pretty close to my house. And then Wednesday mornings, we do F3 heavy metal, which is a weights only workout. So Wednesdays is kind of Omaha's specialty workout day. We have Paradise Island, which is a lot of running 
and then heavy metal, which is very little running and a lot of heavy weight. So, um, I like, I'm more of a heavy guy, so I like heavy metal. There you go. <laughs> uh, then Thursdays I'll post at the maze usually, which, um, football field and a little lake to run around and stuff like that. So, uh, that's my, that's my Thursday. And then Friday, most of the time I'll be out at golden spike and Saturday I'll usually be at Oracle. However, the last couple weeks I'm alternating because I recently launched F3 Omaha's Oscar Mike, which is our roving ruck workout. Nice. So on during the weekdays we do a pre-ruck so we'll get we'll meet up a half hour before the standard beat down and just try to knock out a couple of miles at a pretty good clip. And then Saturdays we're doing a full hour pre-thing thing. Um, where we're going to be trying to get three to four miles in as well as a good bit of exercise. Wow. Okay. So it sounds like you guys have really diversified. I mean, I'm hearing weights workout, running workout, typical boot camps, um, but you're, you're incorporating the rucking as well. And I know that that's something that's probably just happened. I can't say all for all regions, but it seems like that's something that's really taken off probably within the past year-ish, maybe, maybe longer. But lots of lots of regions are starting to incorporate more of the rucking. But it sounds like you guys have taken it to that next level with that that roving ruck workout. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We this Saturday was our second Saturday workout, um, and like I said, we've been doing just about every day. There's at least a couple guys that do a pre ruck before the before the workout. Gotcha. Well, that's awesome, man. It sounds like you're you're definitely hitting it pretty pretty hard there. Uh, I mean, really, just taking one day a week off. But that's that's great to see you really get involved. I mean, especially being being a redwood too. I think that sets a strong standard. So that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So let's talk and and jump in here to the the meat and potatoes, if you will. Uh, let's talk about life before F three. So when we look at fitness, right, the first F of all of this, what did fitness look like for Rollbar? coming from childhood all the way up to right before that first workout, how would you have defined something like fitness and what, what kind of kept you going if you were ever involved in, in anything fitness related? Yeah, generally speaking, there wasn't a lot in the way of fitness for me. Um, growing up, I was homeschooled as a kid, so there was not organized sports as far as like school sports available to me. So I did some rec league baseball. I did some basketball, but I'm a little chubby white kid so it didn't work too well uh, <laughs> I was not the most athletic kid in the, in the room so um, when I got older in my teen years I got involved in the martial arts I spent about three years doing taekwondo um, and that got me into a reasonable level of fitness uh, however unfortunately along the same period of time I picked up smoking so yeah I wasn't doing great when it came to fitness <laughs> uh, when it got to adulthood uh, the most I did was 12 ounce curls. Um, there was not a lot of fitness in my life as a young adult. It was a lot more drinking and hanging out with my friends than anything. So I did a lot of, a lot of drinking, a lot of sleeping. And, um, over the years developed a little bit of a freakish eating ability. So, um, guys at my office always thought it was fun to throw down a challenge like, Hey, can you eat this one pound hamburger? Which of course I could. Uh, so that kind of led to fat roll bar. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so taking on the, taking on the eating challenges there, that's wow. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So, so you had some of the rec league sports and you, you moved into a little bit of the martial arts there too. So some inherent kind of discipline associated with 
with mm-hmm. fitness there. But ultimately, like you pointed out, the, the, the two big things, you know, partying more and, and smoking more, right? So, yeah. the, you know, those two things in combination are going to definitely attack any kind of fitness that you've, I hate to use this term, but built up for yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. So that tells us about the fitness piece. Let's talk now about the fellowship piece. So where were you fellowship-wise growing up? How would you have defined fellowship if someone were to uh, to ask you, like I am now, <laughs> what uh, what was fellowship? You know, I had a couple of guys that I would consider to be great friends growing up. Our moms went to high school together, so we literally knew each other from birth. Um, there are guys that I know even today that I could count on in a pinch. As a matter of fact, there's been times where I've had to call somebody and one of those guys is the first one to come to mind and, you know, they'll be there at the drop of a hat for me if I need them. Um, but when it comes to, yeah, um, I don't know, you want to call it accountability or building each other up for, for better things that doesn't really happen so much. So, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have really strongly positive friendships. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. And it seems like too, a lot of those guys, even some of the guys that you can grow up with that you've known for long stretches of time. Uh, you, you mentioned the, the few guys that you had pretty much known since birth. You know, if you don't have that depth, then ultimately the, the tenure doesn't really go too too much farther. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the tenure effectively just accounts for only only time not necessarily the the depth of the friendship right all right all right so that tells us a little bit about some of the the fellowship piece there so you had a few close friends but no real deep relationships and no real fitness to speak of you'd had some sports some martial arts but sounds like a lot of the um you know like you mentioned a lot of the smoking a lot of the drinking and and that that stuff's going to get in the way so so that paints picture of two of the F's as we look at them. So moving on to the third F piece. So the faith. So what did faith look like growing up for you? How would you have defined your faith in terms of either impact to the community or looking at something greater than yourself or even even your own personal um, religion or faith piece? How would you have explained or articulated that? Sure. So I grew up Southern Baptist. Um, we were one of those families that was in the church anytime the doors were unlocked, you know, like watching the janitor clean and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we did, I spent a lot of time in church. I grew up knowing all the stuff, um, had my prodigal son period in my early twenties where I just ran off and went crazy. As I mentioned before, um, somehow managed to survive that. I mostly attribute that to my mom's prayers for me. She, uh, is, was always faithful to, to be, to be praying for me. So that was important. I see in the retrospectively, um, after that, after things kind of came to a head, you know, living in somebody's crummy basement and had a, a girlfriend who was kind of sick of my shenanigans and all those things, um, just really got down on my knees and gave it all up and, and just said, I don't know what to do, but I need help. And God kind of came alongside me and helped me through all that stuff. Um, as an, as an older adult in my thirties, my late thirties, I was kind of involved in a, um, in a church plant that went, didn't work out quite as well as we had planned. Um, and that really hurt because it was like a family to us that just basically dissolved and disappeared. Mm-hmm. So that took a good bit of time for me to recover from too. So I've kind of had an up and down relationship with, with faith, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
service had never really was a big thought to me. Um, I guess probably somewhat more inwardly looking when it came to my faith, uh, even, even as a, as an older person in, in, up until the point of F3, my wife, uh, is, a, is an incredibly giving person of her time, but I've never really been one that, uh, was, was much of a giver when it came to my time. So, mm-hmm. uh, the family service was covered by her for the for a long time. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So, so you have this, this church background and definitely the, the experience associated with that kind of, as you mentioned, the, the prodigal son moment, the realization of, gosh, you know, I've, I've gone and I've done all these things and, and now here I am, I have nothing to show for it. You know, and, and as you mentioned, kind of that moment when you got on your knees and said, you know, God, please help me here. So you have this this experience, if you will, um, even before F3, it sounds like, um, but accompanied with those those peaks were also those valleys, as you mentioned. And so definitely kind of going through this, uh, it sounds like a little bit of a tumultuous time, and then ultimately not having this, any, any kind of an influence of community impact or, or service, if you will. Uh, kind of that living third or the service-oriented piece that we'd like to talk about. So it sounds like None of that was there, but you still had this 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 faith background, and so kind of already inherently grown up with. Right. Okay. All right. So that that paints a picture for us. So we know we know that no real fitness in the background, few sports, some martial arts, mostly drinking and smoking. No, no. Sorry, I hate to summarize in, in those harsh generic yeah. terms, but accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, no, no real close friends. No, I mean, you, well, sorry, you did have close, close friends, but no real deep relationships. And then the, the church upbringing, but no real avenue to, by which to define uh, that, that faith. Uh, and and all, obviously kind of all the, the tumultuousness there. Okay, so that, that paints a picture of what life was like for Rollbar before F3. Let's talk about now about that that first workout and specifically kind of the the first contact. So, uh, you you and I have talked about this before, but for for those listening, so who EH'd you and and how did that come about? Well, um, taking a quick step back, um, I to get to wanting to even be interested in something like this, um, it took a little bit of like let's call it setup. Um, I was just about to turn forty got on the scale and weighed in over 200 pounds for the first time in my life. I'm like five, nine on a good day. So 200 plus is not a great, uh, place to be, Mm. um, that and a trip to the emergency room thinking I was having a heart attack one night kind of got me to the point where, uh, I realized I needed to do something. So, um, I hit the gym starting in January and was doing a few workouts, you know, some, some treadmill stuff, some, some stair climbers and some weights and that kind of stuff. Nothing too crazy, but just trying to kind of eat better and, and, and get healthy. Uh, so that was kind of where I was when F3 found me. And I say F3 found me because I get this email that shows up in my inbox one day that says, what is F3? And I'm like, what is F3? <laughs> and uh, so I open it and I'm looking at it and it's this thing about this boot camp. And I have no idea how I got it, um, but it showed up in my inbox at the right time because I was ready for something. So I said, what the heck? I'll go check it out. So April 21st, 2018 was the very beginning of F3 Omaha. 
uh, wait time, the Nantan here in Nebraska, in Omaha, uh, had, had found my email address from the school directory. Our daughters went to the same grade school together. So he, he pulled all the men's email addresses out of that, out of that, uh, that directory. And out of those guys, me, and I think one other guy showed up. <laughs> so it was just, what, just the three of you? No, there was, uh, I want to say, I think there was about 16 of us at the first workout, but from the elementary school. Oh, oh gotcha. Okay. Out, of that, out of that probably four or 500 families that are in this school that he pulled names from, mm. two or three of us showed up. Gotcha. Okay. So here, so here's wait time hacking into the, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I was say hacking into the, the school directory. All right. So he pulls, he pulls every guy's email from the from the from the school directory emails emails all of you shotgun blast and then two to three of you from that school actually show up that's right so so, so then he technically does get get the credit for eh yeah i totally give give wait time the credit for eh and me there you go okay now that first workout so you said there's about 16 guys now who who queued Uh, sacked from greensboro there you go and by the time this airs, Sacked, Sacked's episode will go on directly before yours. What a coincidence. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's awesome. Okay, so Sacked queued. And, and what, do you, what do you remember about that first workout? Um, I remember it being a heck of a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> I did not spill Merlot because I know you'll ask that question. Um, Th- I thank, you, thank you for being preemptive. <laughs> I managed to hold it down. Um, however, in the in the workouts after that, when guys started queuing on our own after we got launched, I think there was kind of an unspoken challenge to see who could get somebody to let go first. So uh, the month, the probably two or three months following that launch were pretty brutal. <laughs> They're like, I've heard about this term. It's called splashing Merlot. Maybe we can get somebody to do it. Yes, I think that was pretty much it. I remember my first cue. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get somebody to throw up." <laughs> oh man, that's great. Well, we've talked before, uh, and uh, I think it's another episode that that should come out, um, or maybe did come out. Where we're discussing if you splash Merlot, you should get a patch, some yeah, some kind of a, a patch or a sticker. Yeah, like like one of those nice morale patches. Yeah, that'd be I great. Splash Merlot. <laughs> or here, here's a here's a fresh clean t-shirt for you that type uh, of thing. that's not bad yeah now why roll bar how did that come about um so i'm a big jeep guy i uh i i have a big lifted jeep and i like to take it and drive over stuff so um when they started asking about you know so what's your name what's your you know what are your hobbies kids and all that stuff one of the first things i said is i like to drive my jeep over big rocks and almost instantly somebody yells roll bar which i think would have been tonight's show uh, one of, one of my, one of the packs here, another one of the Redwoods, obviously. I, I'm pretty sure it was tonight's show watching the video of it. <laughs> That's great. All right. So it comes about because you get this, this big lifted Jeep and just throw it right out there. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. And, and th- again, thanks for being preemptive about, uh, opening up that you did not splash Merlot. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I mean, definitely for so many guys, it's always that that kind of deer in headlights moment where they realize, gosh, this was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And it sounds like you you had that, that same type of experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was 
that at, even at that point, I was three months into four months into kind of getting, trying to get a little bit fit. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was doing all right. And man, I tell you what, when I got done with that, I was not doing all right. <laughs> That's great. All right. So let's talk now life after F3. So we knew what life was like before, especially too, because you'd had the, the experience, you know, the, the few experiences on there, not only stepping on the scale and seeing all that weight, but then additionally going to the hospital because you're thinking you're having a heart attack. So it's this very much, hey, something's got to give type thing um, when it comes to fitness. And we know where you were before. So let's talk about where you are now. And and a lot of this will come back to to the Twitter message that you sent out, just kind of highlighting how you had changed just, for, just from a snapshot perspective. Um, but tell us a little bit about that and, and kind of what that's meant to you. Yeah, so um... – October 30th, I weighed in at my goal weight, which initially was 170 pounds. So I'm 30 plus pounds down, um, infinitely stronger than I was both physically and mentally just through doing the hard stuff. And, um, you know, it really has been a life change for me, a guy who likes to stay up late and sleep in a little bit and drag myself to work with nine cups of coffee. Um, where now I'm, I'm in bed at a, you know, normal adult kind of time. And I'm up at, depends on the day. I think usually I'm up around four 30, me and Jocko get out of bed about the same time. I think. <laughs> no, Jocko always gets up earlier. <laughs> True. He, he need, probably beats me out of bed. He needs 10 minutes to prepare taking the picture of his watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, have you seen his hair? <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. We're talking arm hair, right? Uh, that might be the only hair we have left. <laughs> he and I see the same barber, though. Yeah, he would just say, good. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, that's great. All right, so so definitely, I mean, even just from the the tangible benefits of being 30 pounds down, um, definitely, I, I think that's that's definitely a qualifiable or quantifiable thing when you really look at F3 in regards to how has it impacted you? Well, yeah, great step on the scale. I mean, that's, that's a huge indicator right there. Not all of it, but definitely in your case, you know, as you, as you were seeing like, Hey, I'm able to physically see this and I know kind of just within myself that, you know, growing stronger and, and the point you brought up that I, that I thought is great. And it's something we, we don't often talk about is kind of the additional elements there, right. Of, well, I'm, consistently going to bed earlier and consistently getting up early. And it's, it's this routine aspect that the fitness drives that you don't even really think about until you're, you're really in it for a while. Right. All right. So that tells us about the fitness piece and, and sort of summarizes that, that tweet you sent out showing, you know, the, the impact that it's had on you. Yeah. Let's talk now about the fellowship piece. So previously you were telling us that you, you still have these close friends and I'm assuming you probably still have them now, uh, but no real depth of relationships previously. How has F3 changed that or, or how has it uh, grown it? Um, or what, what do you see that's different regarding your, your sense of fellowship now? So I have dozens of guys that I see every morning that I consider to be brothers. Now we spend a lot of time in our circle of trust, sharing burdens and celebrating each other's victories and really living with transparency. You know, when there's guys that are having struggles with jobs or with family or uh, with, with health, we hear about that and we know it. And we're just, we're living for each other and praying for each other and really just reaching out to each other, even in, in hard times to make sure we're okay. 
That's great. Yeah. So, you know, um, I can attest to this as personally, just based on my own experience in the last year, um, November 16th of last year, my daughter, Ruby, who was nine at the time was diagnosed with type one diabetes, um, was a huge blow to my wife and I, um, it, you know, that's an exceptionally difficult disease to deal with, uh, you know, just learning about it and trying to figure out how to move on with life without that or with it is really challenging, you know? Um, and that really threw me into a tailspin mentally as a dad, you want to be able to fix it or you want to be able to take the pain away. And I distinctly remember one of the most poignant moments I think of my entire life was that night sitting in the hospital uh, after she had been diagnosed and, you know, she had gone through getting IVs put in and getting blood draws and getting insulin injections and finger pokes and all this stuff. And this beautiful little nine-year-old girl is taking all this stuff so st stoically, about as stoically as you can expect from a nine-year-old. And I remember just... Um, being overcome with emotion and going to the bathroom in her, ho in her hospital room and just ugly crying, you know, snot <laughs> bubbles and the whole nine yards. Um, and just barely being able to compose myself and go out and sit on her hospital bed and tell her, I know this sucks, but we're going to get through it together, you know? Mm. And, you know, trying to be the tough, strong dad who can handle all of it really took a toll on me and put me in a really bad spot. I checked out of F3 pretty much the, the entire winter um, and kind of sat around and did nothing and felt pretty sorry for myself and spent a lot of time really just ment uh, mentally battling demons, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but the whole time, my brothers are reaching out to me, telling me that they miss me and wanting me to come out. And the day that I showed back up, I got basically just got mobbed, <laughs> you know, guys hugging me and guys giving me a high five and, you know, checking up on me, making sure I'm good. Um, and those guys have picked me up and carried me through this whole thing. Um, you know, like, I, I don't know, I can't even put it into words. I owe those guys a lot because they drug me through some pretty, pretty rough stuff. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I think that speaks volumes right there just to the experience, I mean, being able to have that story to go back to. And, um, yeah, I, I know that there's there's always these types of tales that we hear about, right? But for you to have something tangible that you really can fall back to and say, you know, that's an experience that I went through that just showed the depth of brotherhood that I have with these guys, I, I think speaks massive volumes to the, the sense of fellowship that you have now experienced or, or seen through F3. For sure. That's great. And definitely thanks for sharing that. I know um, you, you and I had talked before about, you know, my, my, my mom has type one diabetes and I know the, you know, the, the complications and the, and the difficulties. So uh, for those guys to be able to come alongside you and, and be able to support you during that, during, during a hard time is, is definitely huge. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. So now as we, as we round it out to home plate, is that the right term? I'm not a baseball guy. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I'm going to assume it is. As we, as we round out to home plate, um, previously you were telling us that you, know, you raised Southern Baptist, you, know, you had your, your prodigal son experience, uh, but then additionally kind of those those difficult times within 
um, your your faith, just kind of the the undulations of going through these experiences and, and feeling like you, you lost people when the church plant didn't work out. How have you found now that F3 has uh, impacted your sense of faith in, in whatever way, shape, or form, whether that's the, the, the community impact piece or the kind of looking at something greater than yourself or, or even, even speaking specifically to your, your Southern Baptist roots? How has it, how has it helped, hindered, transformed, or changed any of that? Well, I'm definitely more active in in service. Um, my wife will come along with me, and been, we've been serving at one of the food pantries here locally with F3 guys. Um, one of the things that one of my, my brother's lemon laws put together for us uh, to go out and serve at the food pantry. So that's been a lot of fun to be able to get out with my family and uh, and serve together um, and kind of live out our faith a little bit that way. I've also been a little bit more invested in my church time um, and spending, uh, I guess, investing myself more openly and transparently with the men in my in my church and in my Bible study groups and things like that. So I think um, through F3 mostly, recognizing that I've been a guy who's always kind of held myself on the fringes of things to be able to just bail out whenever I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um I recognized that in myself recently and kind of pushed myself to invest more both in F3 and in, in some relationships within my church in order to accelerate my faith more. Um, so being able to recognize that, I think, has been pretty key. No, that's great. And definitely, I think that's a strong recognition as well of um, kind of seeing, hey, you know, these are great opportunities and you can absolutely become be a part of them. And seeing that within yourself, it says, oh, well, you know, why am I sitting kind of on the sidelines of this? Yeah. Just really been more involved. Uh, I think that's great. And, and definitely speaks to how F3 as an, as an organization, um, even uh, within the life of each man, it's, it's interesting and, and really fun to see how guys take it. And it impacts not only their time within F3, but more specifically their time outside of F3, right? Yeah. When you're, when you're not in the gloom, when you're interacting with your family, when you're interacting with your, uh, with your church Bible study, all of those, all of those things uh, definitely be, get impacted. Yeah, for sure. It's been a, it's been a transformation for me. That's great. That's great. Well, definitely Rollbar, thank you very much for sharing all that with us and, and for, for being vulnerable and, and sharing your story. Yeah. Um, as we get ready to close out, do you have any closing thoughts for the packs that you'd like to share? Yeah, I would just encourage every man in, in in the packs to really lean into the relationships that they have and look to develop stronger relationships with the men of the packs because you can end up being the man who needs picked up. You can end up being the man who does the picking up. But that mental battle is real, and we're losing guys to it every day. So I just strongly believe that if we can lean into each other and we can lock shields with our brothers then and be ready to do battle for them, then we can really make a difference in everybody's lives just by um, shoring each other up in times of weakness. Oh, that's great. That's great. Thank you very much for, for sharing those words with us. Yeah, If guys want to get in touch with you, what's the best method for them to do that? Uh, my Twitter handle is at uh, F3 underscore roll bar. R-O-L-L-B-A-R. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, World Bar, thank you very much again for, for sharing your story. I, I love your your call to action there about leaning into the relationships because definitely that is 
probably one of the biggest pieces that's going to help many guys, especially, you know, when we talk about the mental health struggles and things like that, definitely allow them uh, or remind them rather to, to not go it alone, right. To really lean into those, those friendships, those relationships and, and help uh, share each other's burdens. For sure. I really appreciate you having me on short circuit. Not a problem. Thanks for being here. All right, guys. Well, with that, we go ahead and close out episode 38. Thanks again for listening. Stay sharp, and we'll see you in the gloom. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Yammer. If you're interested in sharing your F3 story, reach out to us at f3americanyammer at gmail.com. Again, that's f3americanyammer at gmail.com or on Twitter at f3americanyammer. Until next time, stay sharp, and we'll see you in the gloom.